Punters, g'day, welcome to the deep dive. We've got a little bit to get through today. We'll start in Melbourne, we'll head through Adelaide and then we'll finish up in Queensland. There's plenty to talk about from the Gold Coast meeting as well as one race at Toowoomba, which was interesting from a proper deep dive point of view. There used to be a great show that was called by the same name where we used to get some sort of betting information, but uh, we're going to have to be rolling with our own this week. Wait and see. Uh, Mark Roden, welcome back. Uh, we've already talked about Gosford this morning, but uh, there's a few horses that you've obviously got a, a good affiliation with that have been through Sydney and turned up elsewhere around the country and posted good figures. So uh, it would be good to get your point of view with a few of those, as well as some of the, the betting movements. You might be able to give us a little bit of uh, your insight into what <laughs> might have happened there on the weekend with a few of these. And Curls, obviously another winning week, winning set for yourself, just trucking along beautifully. Yeah, yeah, not oh, a lot of. Did you get a, um, a uh, gym report this morning as well, like the other day? Um, have you been? I've had a bit on this. I've had a bit on this morning on the review side, so I've uh, put the session back to three pm today. But, uh, I'll give you an update on on the tweet. I always found the the afternoon sessions to be a lot harder. You're not as fresh. You might be a bit dead yeah. already. I don't know. We'll wait and see because that that could be quite comical this afternoon. But if we start at Caulfield. Jamie Carr's are in five winners. It's like a whole heap of narrative. Um, but just doing small things right on favourites is the way I'd describe it for the most part. Uh, I don't know if you two had anything further to say. Not really. Great effort and great effort. Uh, Jay Dickens uh, multiplying up three of them for a good result too. Uh, was it races one, two in the last, I think? Yeah. Was it five, five dollars up the triple? Yeah, a bit, bit, bit more. And look, to be fair, I mean, if you're doing sort of like the indirect all up, you probably would have got a yeah. better price in the end because a few of them got a bit soft late. But uh, yeah, Excel man did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. and even Hatton uh, in the last was getting out to you know if you really liked it, if you marked it short, you had a great time there late. It was a dollar seventy freely available for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but curls that last winner Hatton is probably the one we should be focusing on because could it be heading up your way? Yeah, well, there was a little bit of uh, a few murmurs on tweet about the all-in price for Ayrton for the Stradbroke, which I think was around $4. Um, I don't know for sure. I don't look at those markets. Um, but, yeah, it's just sort of seeing where he lines up, I suppose. It's been talk about coming for the Stradbroke. He's probably going to have to win the Fred Best Classic, which is a 1350-metre race for three-year-olds, which gives you a golden ticket. Um yeah, like I think just with his racing style anyway, what we saw on Saturday, like first of all, I need to be a narc here and say Jay Carr won on what she should have, so well done. Um, <laughs> but this one here, uh, <laughs> like it, like it, she rode it like the best horse. She sat back off fence out of danger, just behind a good tempo, and um, was still very strong through the line, I thought, but did it comfortably. Yeah, I think that's like what it was. Yeah, starts favourite in a, in a Fred Best, you know, in a, all things being equal with a reasonable gate and stuff for sure, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dicko's already fought it out. It's a punting film podium for the day on Twitter. So if you haven't had a look at that, uh, just head to any social media and you'll see it. But he's obviously said that track favourite on pace, nothing won from worse than fifth in run at the 800. And he said, just follow it in anywhere. It's elite and not yet warm, which I think is pretty fair to say if you just have a cursory glance at what it's produced on the data good overall figure off a slow tempo ticks mm. a few boxes there really um, the other point of interest on the Caulfield card and one that uh, the captain Jack has 
sort of half blown up about was Rousseau, who was on at sale, um, and it didn't really get warm on that occasion. It was coming out of a very slowly run race previous to that, but mm. the market certainly wasn't afraid to back it at Caulfield, and it's improved its PB. What a fair amount uh, by the looks. I think that's what Jack was trying to say. Improved 18.7 length slot from last start at sale is what he was saying. But $17 into $7. Uh, Mark Roden, in terms of a Wallace setup, how does this figure? It's not quite the same thing, but one of his tricks over the years has been um, preparing horses for the Doncaster by running them over 2,000 to start before, sometimes even just a week before, and then getting those sort of miles under their legs and then dropping them back to a pressure mile and he's done it on a couple of occasions and got the cash. Now Russo, totally different setup for Russo he's coming out of a slow run 2200 odd metre race at sale and look he's only won on Saturday because they've gone so fast mm. he's clearly got no turn of foot whatsoever but he'll, he'll keep grinding away at one one pace and when it sets up like it did on Saturday he can win. Look his last his last 200 is 12.72 very pedestrian but it was it, it was literally a case of last man standing that the others had just knocked themselves out and he was uh, on the spot Kills, you've been following the Wallace stable in Queensland what do you make of the market support for it and I guess the, the key little quirk for me is it was Wallace's only horse at Caulfield on the day yeah well I, like they run well when the money's there don't they like yeah. that's just like it's not a it's not a secret it's um you know, this is a bloke with 4,000 horses in work across three states. Like, I don't know how they do it, but they have the system that works and money talks. I think we but see it regularly. The, 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 I didn't do the form this race, obviously, but there must have been... Was there speed on paper? There must have been, because yeah. that would explain a lot of the betting mode, I would think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't really answer that. But. 13 but, yeah, points. Figures get inflated when you get a fast speed, especially in middle distance races. Yeah, sure. The, the the early benchmark is generally so it's such a low slow figure that when there's any sort of pace in the race, it, it can blow it up. So, um, you know, the, the race itself wasn't really a race. You know, it was a, it was, a, it was slow, and then they dashed home, and this was the diametrical opposite. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, fit horse having seven starts prior prior to yeah. to that yeah. event as well. So, yeah. I think you sort of add all those little things up and it's findable to a certain extent. Um, okay, we'll leave Caulfield there because none of us really pay that much attention to it because it's Caulfield off-season. No one really gives a shit, to be honest, unless you're betting there. Um, Morford Hill, <laughs> Explosive Jack. Now, we did speak about this horse on the preview and, Curls, you were uh, keen to be with Let's Caraca Deal as well at each way and they've completely gapped the rest of the field. Um, Ma Ustas, distance ranges, clearly superior to probably any other training group partnership of however many years. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anything in my time betting like this before. Um, and obviously... The winners looking. Oh, I think both of them are actually looking at going up towards Queensland for their derby as well. So, run us through what that platform looks like, Mark Roden. For if you're going for four derbies, have you seen a horse that's gone for four derbies previously? Mm, four? No, not. No, C- certainly not including Tasmania and South Australia as two of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a new one. 
it's it's funny, isn't it? You know, back in my day, so to speak, um, horses when they you know three year olds, they just run, they just keep running them if they're in form, staying three year olds. They'd have their spring prep aimed at Melbourne, then they'd get them up to Sydney and then press on, maybe to Adelaide and Brisbane, but certainly to Brisbane. And now they like to that doesn't happen anywhere near as much. They, the, the preparations are a lot shorter. So it's um, yeah, it's a bit of a throwback to the old days. It's good to see if he keeps rating at this level, they won't beat him in Brisbane either. There's nothing up there that can do this sort of figure from what I've seen. So um, why not? And it's, you, you, um, you can almost back these two blind when they get to 2,000 plus, can't you? Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, phenomenal. Um, but he's, yep, yeah, he's heading that way. He's the one they've got to beat. Especially when uh, you're looking at some of the breeding of these horses as well. Explosive Jack is a jackalbury out of an Ekra mare. Off mm. the top of my head, let's crack a deal. Is done deal out of a... I want to say as a Beal mare. I'll check that. But you're seeing some of these horses that they're picking up that they're racing over staying journeys are proper bred stayers as well. By which you mean uh, no stallion standing in Australia have anything to do with them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's a good way oh, of putting it. Cheer the narrative that we need to breed stayers. God almighty, that does my lid in. Just go and buy them from overseas. Yeah, well, they do, but I don't know. Well, we've we've never bred as good a stayers as New Zealand have anyway, and not in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, now we, yeah, just buy them. But yeah. Anyway. Sorry, uh, let's crack a deal. Is done deal out of an O'Reilly mare? So you know, just the New other. Zealand, New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, not too much else to point on. A little quirk in play again there in the derby. <laughs> there was obviously the filthy radio punters are laying. Well, not that there was any great support for. Uh, the winner anyway on the day it's jumped about 450 plus there was heaps of that yeah. available on the exchange and across the corporates you're getting four dollars at the jump which is a great price for what was clearly the best horse in the race but in run because brett davis is calling the horses wide it was wide three wide with cover for the entire oh, run yeah. john allen just knows what he's doing in these staying races just keep the horse yeah. clear with momentum and just let it do its thing but you're getting eight dollars plus in run it was absolutely yeah. hilarious to watch and he actually specifically said it had no no cover, which I think it yeah. may have had no cover for about a furlong or so. But for the yeah. bulk of the race, it was it had it back, um, and right spot anyway. And yeah. that's and they weren't going hard. That's the thing. Even three wide facing breeze in a race, a slow race, if you're travelling, isn't the end of the world. You know. Yeah. I think that one of the things that struck me on the punning form data was this explosive Jacks ran the fifteenth fastest last two hundred of the meeting. <laughs> um, on that um, which track was it the second half of the meeting was on the, the main track yeah, yeah the main, main track yeah so like so I had to double check that obviously 2500 metre derby distance and there was a 1050 uh, benchmark 64 on the card and a benchmark 82 1100 yeah and just like to be so strong late it's just like like you say if he holds that figure he's unbeatable yeah in Queensland to make it for yeah. derbies or derbies. And there's no real suggestion that that won't be the case as long as the horse is fitting well. That's the only the only thing that matters. Um, okay, let's head up to your way, curls, the Queensland, the Gold Coast overview. Uh, how did the meeting play out? Sort of as expected as far as the track's concerned um, with that, you know, with the rain that we discussed and, you know, wide in the straight um 
So there was no real surprises there as far as, you know, how they raced on the day and what the pattern was. And I think the horses that got to the right part of the track are in the finish. Um, you know, the, the good jocks were able to get to the good spot. It's also not a shock. And some up tempo really well. Um, so, yeah, no shock there. I think um, probably the first race to look at, not we'll do a replay because everyone would have seen race three and the um, subsequent Twitter blow up on Lord Belvedere from the Ma Eustace camp that was um, pretty well backed. Well, very well backed actually um, to start five. Um, I, I honestly thought that Zara got caught in like a rock and a hard place there. He was sort of trying to go forward and then the two Waller runners um, sort of kicked up to ensure a good tempo with the other um, Waller runner that was in the market, firm uh, Humboldt Current who was back and the other two were forward and they weren't letting Lord Belvedere in and, you know, I think Mark Zara went to grab, try to get push in and drop in and get some cover there at one point. The local Queensland jocks wouldn't have a bar of it and kept him posted. If he goes forward, he's probably dead anyway on that tempo because the two horses in front of him weren't handing up. Um, and what do you do? You drag all the way back in a small field or do you sit there in a good rhythm and, in, you know, so be it. I don't know. I suppose I didn't back it, so I didn't have any vested interest to blow up. But I'm <laughs> not sure what you, you guys saw the race or you saw it how I saw it. Uh, I only saw late in the pace and I thought, geez, how good would you be if you're just like hitting the front here and your horse trying to chase you down some bolt current? <laughs> Very true. So yeah. Willow sits back and, and, you know, looks looks like a genius. A bit like Pikey in the first sat back and got to the right part of the track and looked like a genius. How did Pike ride on the day? Because he obviously won the first. Did he do anything else? So Pikey picked up the first ride about 30 minutes before the race when <laughs> Ryan Maloney got off a 55-kilo weighted horse for the first... No, I was going to say for the first time this week. Yeah. It's a weekly occurrence that he doesn't ride 55 and they still t take rides at that weight. Um, obviously, this horse wasn't good enough to get down to it or the race wasn't worth enough or something. Um, so Pikey picks up the ride last minute Nice tempo, leader trying to leader over racing um, after wanting cover and not getting it, and Pikey gets to the middle on a well backed Waller runner. They went up twelve dollars the, the the first winner early in the market, and I looked at it at seven dollars after a couple come out and thought, yeah, I could nearly be involved, and then it was three sixty on the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so that was uh, I think it SP'd about four dollars in the end, but um, yeah, Pikey went on that. I thought he ride okay. Just, um, yeah, it's what it is. It was the, the, my favourite part of the whole Pike experience at the Hollander was, um, and well done to the club for getting him there and, you know, the social media stuff that went around. Zach Purton um, sent a video into Pikey. Um, the intern put, the marketing intern put it on our list for this morning's rundown. Zach Purton um, <laughs> sent a video to Pikey, I uh, sent a video saying how he'd give Pikey a few tips on how to ride the track and, you know, wishing him all the best and, and all that sort of, you know, brilliant narrative. Uh, me being the cynical uh, analyst that I am, had to go back and have a look for a few, um, have a look at Zach Burton's stats at the Gold Coast track. I think he rode something like three winners from 27 rides. Um, so that was invaluable knowledge there that he was able to pass on to Pikey. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh. don't think you're too upset about that, Zach, to be honest. No, nah, it's not worrying you. No. Nah. <laughs> Not worrying. That was back in 2006. I think that's when he started his apprenticeship, probably. Or 2005, yeah. something. Um, 
Anyway, race four was the next one. Uh, race five, sorry, was the next race. Um, well, I thought there was one to come out of this, and that's Ranch Hand from the Waller Yard again. Uh, I think J-Mac um, pro- possibly had his hand a bit forced. He couldn't go, he couldn't muster enough early to get a position outside and then sort of went back to the inside, and then that horse had to take an inside run and then wanted to get back towards the fence um, where the winner... Subterranean with Nash was middle of the track. Um, Nash being, you know, aggressive, hitting the horse more than the whipping the horse more than permitted, more than you permitted to, to win by a nose, to knock off the even money favourite. I marked this horse as my sort of JJ horse before Saturday. I thought he'd be better over further, um, and certainly, you know, certainly will be sticking with Ranch Hand out of this race. It's the best horse out of this race going forward as it gets up in trip. For sure. Yep. Probably the only horse to be in the... Well, he, I suppose Baller was another horse that sort of went out inside and, you know, left you know left me scratching my head. Another Tony Golan runner that debuted for the stable after being through the ringer everywhere else and lobs up here and wins the gold market first up. <laughs> Just freak out at Golan. Um, but anyway, Ranch Hand out of the two-year-old race for me going forward. I think it's like the obvious. I don't think I'll be the only one on it. The winner's um, one of Rob's, by the way, Subterranean. He was keen on its when he saw it in Sydney the start before. Yeah. Unlike Rob to to uh, to pin a to, to uh, pin a two-year-old early and see it winning. <laughs> yeah. Well, Boyle well, yeah. was also one of his as well. We, we Boyle and Subterranean it. on the same day. Yeah. About nine. Yeah. Oh, well, I bet you were all on it yesterday, uh, Saturday, please. Oh, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Either. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, so I think the gold, the, the gold for the whole meeting overall, and this race is a great example, I think the gold is going to lie outside of the obvious here, um, you know, outside of the, what the data necessarily shows up. Um, this race six, the bracelet, prime example. Um, uh, obviously, the winner, Grace and Harmony, sat back, great, you know, good tempo. Like minus 6.3, this class... At the Gold Coast, so that's rating it. That's sort of rating the the race at a Gold Coast track, you know, which is a provincial track. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the figures are a lot going to be a little bit faster than what you know the, the necessarily than what it is here when we have a look at the replays and adjust for the for the track and that sort of thing. Um, they've gone very quick here, and J Mac best parting track, completely best blessed in run, wide with cover, uh, you know, dashed away late. The horse that I that I marked as um, extremely unsuited was uh the stable mate actually number two easy far really didn't have a lot of option from the gate you know going forward there from gate 17 and they obviously they went quick and did a bit of work and you know it chased a hot speed and it, it still was able to get off to get you know off the leaders on the corner and, and show a bit of dash obviously the the other horses that were in that finished ahead of it um you know the winner it's stable, mate. Senior and near. Uh, we backed both of those, by the way, on the service. <laughs> <laughs> the winner and the second horse. Um, yeah, I just thought it. I thought Easy Far went enormous. I thought the horses that got past it were more than entitled to, and I thought it boxed on pretty well. I'm not sure. I know Easy Far is one of Rob's as well. He, he likes this horse, um, so I'll be. I'll certainly be referring to him. Um, to see sort of how far this this horse can get, whether it can go the two thousand meters, and you know sort of be in the finish against these horses again in two weeks' time. So I thought it went really well against the against the map or against the tempo and yeah. just um, 
the favourite had no luck, obviously, Tycoon Evie, but you weren't keen on it anyway pre-race? No, I was happy to steer against away from it pre-race. I just thought, you know, just didn't like it set up from the gate and yeah. how they were going to ride it quiet. And they ended up riding it quiet, and he went back to the fence on it fence. after yeah. being pulled up. Like, I... You can certainly argue that it was stiff, but you know I was I was against it yesterday, and I'll continue to be against it for the remainder of the carnival if it's still around. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. What about this feature, the uh, the Hollandale? I mean, the Gold Coast Guineas was atrociously slow, and Marbouche has just sat there and just done my. Wasn't it a things. terrible race, the Gold Coast Guineas? I I didn't <laughs> put it on the rundown because Jimmy Byrne was I don't know, like he summed it up really quickly. Everything sort of grabbed, jumped and grabbed hold, and he's wide, and so, well, I'm pushing on. He sits OSL. The leader was like millions, and they've gone out like 12 lengths slow. Yeah. Um, the leaders – sorry, the leader was only 50s. The leaders ran second. Yeah. <laughs> it, was that, it was that bad of a race as far as tempo and firing on speed runners that the two leaders, the first and second horse, were able to drift to the inside of the track in the straight and still not look like getting down, and – getting run down and Kisakano's run third who you know penned many a time is gone and um it's always been an on-speed horse and Emrod takes a sit um you know it's it could nearly have won the race if it pushes forward so mm. how did the market know the, though because Marbusha was what 550 or so at 9am jumped three dollars mm. mm. <laughs> the market seems to get the speed right hey yeah. Especially up your way. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it helps. <laughs> okay, sorry, we digress. The Hollandale. The Hollandale. Oh, look, I think I sent in a voice memo pre-race that this Zaki, I think he's a, like, is a miler. And I don't want to be on it over 1800 um, and I thought like a horse like and I backed Holmesman I sent a, I had half a unit on Holmesman thinking that from the gate with no speed in the race he just rolls forward and you know runs similar to what he's done in Melbourne on speed and you know good tempos and strong um, like not even in the picture at any stage and Zaki's like up on the speed at like pedestrian pace for the class uh, traveling, so it's not getting tested at all, and it's dynamic at the mile, and that's what it was able to do. Um, I think it's completely blessed in run, completely blessed in every way that you look at it. Um, like, I'm potting it. I'm potting the win, as silly as that sounds. I'm going to stick to I'm going to stick to the fact that I think it's a it's a miler. That was completely blessed to to run us to run 1800 off that tempo on Saturday. Best part of track, best tempo, best ride, best everything, and um, it was completely flattered. Potting, it's probably a hard word. Well, get okay, get it's all right set up again or, or back to a mile even. Um, but I think it's going to the Doom and Cup. Right, okay. It was the chat post race, and I. I'd like to think that the 2,000 metres in a Doom and Cup against a few of these after having a run, like Holmesman, for example, if they want to be serious next week or next start, that there might be a bit more genuine tempo in the race and 
you know, potentially could bring Zaki unstuck. I'm going to stick to my opinion, and I think it's more of a miler than a 2,000-metre horse. Mark Roden, it appeared in the JRA, JRA plate behind Paths of Glory, narrowly lost. You know, Hangman was third, Polygray was fourth. It was just an even tempo race. The figure was fine, but... Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah well, sure we were talking about this the other day, weren't we, whether it was the 2,000 that saw him out or in yeah. lack of condition, but... Uh, mm. Or even the way the track was playing at that stage of the meeting, because it did look on the turn that he and Hangman were going to Quinella it, and Paz Glory got up the, the fence and did him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Pretty uh, we also said I mean, he's, he's got no... He'd only run at 2,000 metres once overseas before getting here. So, yeah, certainly wasn't considered a, a staying type in his previous life. So I suppose the jury is out on, on that score. But, you know, once again, the market got the map completely right before they loaded into the gates. Mm. It was completely off the map, this horse, for a race of this quality. And not like, and not as if it was like, um, you know, let's sort of nibble away at this all day and start 360. This was $7 at 2.30 p.m. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was... Halved in price. More. It started 360. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's halved its price. Yeah. So, once again, the market too strong there. And I think, um, yeah, I think Jay, I thought J-Mac probably showed a little bit of class there too on the day, I think, with some of his rides. And it's almost like he was putting horses where he wanted to. Mm. Um, you know, apart from that ranch ham one, which didn't quite go to plan because he didn't have enough speed, but everything else just went to just went to script for them on the day and, and sort of favoured the ones that were backed as well. Yeah. Is, uh, anyway... Is- is Melody Bell hanging around in Queensland? Because I'd love to see just another run where she's in the market because it just keeps happening. Yeah. Um, I read on somewhere, like the... Somewhere I read that she was, like, probably not quite ready for Saturday's event with an eye to the 2,000-metre race in the Dooman Cup. And it still goes around $7.50. Yeah. She's not right, Um Mark Sheen was saying that she either looked terrible or she'd worked dreadfully before her run in the Tancred, I think it was. Yeah. Um, she, she'd won... She's only got one good run in her last couple of preps. There was a start before she got here in New Zealand. She looked like she might be back to her best. But the four mile round, it's pretty average. Mm. A couple of things to note out of the stewards report too, that she did go a pre-race vet examination and was clear to start and did lose a plate. Okay, yeah. I don't think all's, all's well with her at the moment. And Doesn't speaking of market-making horses, what about Avilius? He's done yeah. it again. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just does what he does got every his, time. Mate, got his soft track again, you know. I, mean, I backed him in the bloody Doncaster, but at least he was double figure odds up there. Yeah, I mean, Avilius is certainly... Um, you know, he's a friendly type of horse. He likes to run around with his mates. He, yes, exactly. Yeah. He's a, certainly a herd animal. Is that, yeah. that? Well, he wasn't one, but it's two years ago that you know he was dominating on wet tracks and group ones in Sydney. Um, but that's that's a lifetime ago. Um, yeah, I don't know what to sort of to do out of that race. I thought Toffee Tongue sort of ran okay um, out of all the horses that were sort of behind Zaki that were sort of inside most of them and sort of sort of found the line okay, but. You know, there's a few horses there that you just got to completely forgive that were sort of sat back off a slow tempo and 
he never yeah. got hot. It was I, like I said earlier. I, I think the the gold in this meeting lies away from the obvious and um, going to be a lot of tempo related turnarounds in form. I think going forward. Thoughts on the run of uh, Humidor? Yeah. Pass. Pass. I think they'd be happy with that to push on. Um, yeah, I suppose like too, like it's you know, it was um, it was like twenties out to forties. Mm. You know, it was there to have a look around. Past um, a lot of these run to market. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing how accurate the market is with these horses that are well tried and well exposed and connections and people in the know or whatever else that drives these markets um you know they were pretty well on the money today in that race like homesman wasn't you know it was like the shortest seven dollars at one point in the day and goes off twelve dollars and uh, and ran accordingly there's a number of those sort of in that race so there'll be some form turnarounds out of that race so, you know speaking of market do you want to touch on maui girl in the last it's twelve dollars at 9 a.m it's jumped what 480 Another Annabelle Nisham steamer on the day, as Mr. <laughs> Dickens like to call them, steamers. Yeah, well, wasn't this a wasn't this a great result? Um, let me just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to like you know, push that as my primary agenda, but yeah, Yamazaki was a great result for all concerned. <laughs> we're on, we're on Yamazaki, and like you know, I fucked up. I like I didn't have enough on it. Like I said, it was. I said in all week it was the best horse in the race. I sent out the preview, saying it's the best horse in the race. It gets to the right part of the track, and Zara won't be fucking this up. He'll be getting to the right part of the track early because he's on the best horse, and that's exactly how it panned out. Um, I'm sick on myself for not having more on it. She's got a great um, affinity with the Gold Coast track now too, hasn't she? God, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very reminiscent to to how she won here a couple of starts ago, or well, not a couple of starts ago in her prep, but a couple of times back at the coast. Yeah, I suppose when, when you get a track pattern like that, um, as we saw on Saturday, that's exactly what she needs because she is pretty. She's one dimensional in a way. She you can't bustle her, mm-hmm. and she's got that tremendous turn of foot. Uh, and so if you get a track playing like that, it's right up her alley, I suppose. And it also, and we did have we did have a very small bet on Allison of Tuffy as well because I knew that it would be the on speed and had Nash and um, it just sort of worked out beautifully. Um, I couldn't understand the money for Maui Girl, and to be honest, I didn't even go back and, and have a look what happened because I was too busy roaring the winner. <laughs> even I've only watched the replay twice, and the only two things I've looked for is how quickly Zara put this in the race and how far in, how far we're going to win by it at what point of the race. <laughs> I think it's the 700. <laughs> it's almost a bit of a think- McGavin for you there, uh, Kels. Where did Maui Girl run? Dead last? Oh, she had a good day, though. <laughs> I was too busy winning. Yeah. <laughs> she, I think people just plugged in a number there with Maui Girl. She ran, before she transferred to um, Annabelle, she ran very close up in the Newcastle Newmarket, which is a pretty good race, better race than this. Yeah. Uh, does look almost outlierish to me, though, um, but people have obviously just plugged that number and says, oh, if it runs up to that, you can win this and just bet. Yeah, it did go around at 50s on that occasion, though, so it's... It did, it did. And then, then it got, it, 
than nowhere at yeah. Hawkesbury at the start of the it's just, So it's uh, yeah, too good for me, but that, I think yeah. I'm just trying to reach for an explanation. That's all. Yeah, very, very strange. Well, speaking of bizarre market fluctuations and trends, uh, we'll talk about this race in play. It was Toowoomba Race 2, which, again, just corresponds, coincides with a uh, Shane Curlio winner with a Zakwa. A Zakwa? Is that how we call it? That's what we're calling it. All right. But uh, it's what settled rearward on the fence. You know, it wasn't exactly a you know, really strung out field or anything like that. But in play, someone was laying it. You could have $3,000 at $7.80. I just... I don't know if it was a radio punter who just basically thought, well, if this thing doesn't jump, I'm just potting it. But it was absurd. And the horse didn't trade below $5.50 and it won. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that in play. Um, but just run us through. I should roll the tape. I should yeah. roll the tape, should, really, on this race. Um, yeah. Question with not, not notice, be- obviously. Not, not because um, we're on the winner at uh, $9.50. <laughs> it won at five fifty. Not that, yeah. Not that fact at all. Um, just the fact that the in-play market was so bizarre. Yeah. And it got, it got matched, that whole thing? Uh, yeah, it did. But in the end, it didn't trade any shorter than $5.50, and it still won. Amazing. So there was cash left on the table if anybody else wanted it. But uh, here we go. Here we are. So this is uh, race two at Toowoomba. We're looking barrier one. I'm just going to flick along here. I hope that looks okay. I'm just going to flick along here. Barrier one, there we are, the black and black and green, or black and lime, would you call that? Yeah. Um, inside number three. He's going to posse up three back the fence. So is that where you had uh, it mapped? Yeah, I thought at that, that, like that would be the worst position. And mm. the reason why I made the bet in the end with, for, with that map is because Luke Tarrant. Yeah. So like, Luke Tarrant's a jockey riding at Toowoomba. Yeah. So he's one of a few there. So I wasn't concerned that, like, you know, at some point we're going to get our chance in the straight because he's riding it. That was my theory. So here he sort of comes, he gets one off here. You can see there in the in those colours. Um, he's still second last, but everything else is wide. So he's driving through. And then I see that gap, right? So that gap, I hope you're seeing the same screen I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. So we're following the white sleeves and there's a gap there that, like, a Toowoomba jockey could nearly get, but he will find a way through that gap. Is what I was thinking on the corner. So if, if he's getting laid on the corner there, I'm like I'm backing it. I was I was at a I was at a thirtieth birthday party dressed as Mario, not drinking. <laughs> uh, fancy dress nineties party. I wasn't. I drove home, so I was. I had my laptop betting on fucking Toowoomba at a thirtieth dressed as Mario, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't have Bet Angel up the betting run here. And look, he's probably got through the eye of a needle there in a way that. Inside horse has come off a bit, and the outside one laid in, but he's pushed through. Obviously, the one the blue with the red cap out widest um, had momentum, but was wide in run. He has sort of, like, he's not certainly not labelled at any point from the corner in run. I wouldn't have thought. No, that's why I was asking about where you had it mapped, because you know it's not as if it's a front runner on speed horse that's missed the kick horribly. Ended up getting pocketed, you know. And you but can, yeah, I'm just trying to work out at which point you got twenty two thousand against this horse. It was there basically from before the turn. As soon as they almost jumped, it was just appearing there. Went out to a little bit longer, then came back in. All that cash was still sitting there, and seemingly it was just there the 
whole race. Someone was just really taking a strong set against that horse winning. Despite the fact, as you said, at what, 9am, you'd locked in, what, over $9.00. It's yeah. jumped six dollars the corpse. It's last traded price or last match price before the off was seven dollars twenty. It's not really a, a horse that you you then laying greater than SP at. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. That's um Bless them. <laughs> That's this week's episode of the Curiosity Show. <laughs> um, That's about it really. Uh Anything to, to wrap up with, girls? Uh, it's been a reasonably good dive into Queensland. Uh, what have we got week coming up up there? Um, well, uh, oh, the, the, the Group 1 action starts um, Saturday. For me personally, and the service will be betting Wednesday at uh, the Gold Coast. Yep. Friday is Kilcoy. Um, that'll be nice. Saturday is Group 1 Doombin 10,000 Day. So um, we'll be trying very hard to, once again, not get caught up in the uh, romance of racing and just worry about betting and backing winners. <laughs> I haven't been... I haven't left my office for, I don't know, the last six or eight weeks on a Saturday and haven't lost. So I'm going to have to try and... Um, resist the temptation of heading down to Dooman because it's a group one day and just keep doing what I'm doing, I think. <laughs> and uh, we've got the usual provincial meeting um, this week, this Saturday's at the Gold Coast and Toowoomba on Saturday night again. So that'll be my week. Um, but obviously, yeah, just worried about wagering and not getting worried about group ones. What's the uh, 10,000 over? Pay, yeah, 1,200 metres. This is yeah. the race that... Um, um, that Chris Waller come out and said Nature Strip's going to after winning in Sydney that time and all the uh, futures punters loaded in and then Chris came out a week later and said he's gone to the paddock. <laughs> Good Chris. Uh, Fucking got to love him. One of the best. Um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting one for, for uh, you know, these group races coming up. Um, um it's just like there's no superstar sort of you know trekking was the was the headline horse two weeks ago and it went shit in that weight for age group two uh, and you know he was sort of like the horse that was you know pinned and to 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 be the hardest to beat but it's wide open now and um, we're a big chance to to see some some upset results here and a, a few locals um, from from uh, the Tony Golan yard are the ones that I'm keen on we we'll just have to wait on map on um, barrier draws and maps. Until then. Sounds good. Uh, Mark, for yourself, you've got Warwick Farm Wednesday, Wyong Thursday, Kembla, Grange, and Rose Hill Saturday. So this is probably the quietest week you've had in about four months. Um, Scone Cup Friday. Okay. Scratch that. And actually, Saturday at Rose Hill is actually day two of the Scone Carnival, but they're running at Rose Hill because I think they couldn't get sponsors or something up at Scone for a two-day meeting this year. So they've uh, handed back (laughs) one of their their carnival days. didn't read that in the Daily Tally. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the Scone Guineas is at Rose Hill. The Scone Cup's at Scone on Friday, but the Scone Guineas is at Rose Hill on Saturday. So. Racing New I South Wales just yeah. never ceases to amaze. It's <laughs> oh, staggering. How, um, good that, how good that they still have all those listed races, though, uh, from the Scone Saturday. It was a... Oh, yeah. It was the Hunter Valley Breeders' Race Day, wasn't it, or something? It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Meanwhile, in Victoria, the week ahead, obviously the, the captain's going to be on some level of uh, paternity leave over the next coming period. So uh, Jackson Oldham, who's been doing an outstanding job filling in, uh, he'll be continuing. He's either doing mounting yard mail from Mornington or Sale. He's just waiting for the fields to go up, and then he'll confirm which one of those tracks he's going to target for the midweek punters. But then there's, look, there's a bit of Hamilton Thursday with uh, Pakenham uh, into the night. You've got Geelong Friday. I'm sure they'll be finding a few little maidens or something to bet into. Same with Cranbourne. And then Flemington on Saturday, uh, myself and Jacko will be tackling that meeting. But uh, I'll let him do all the work, really, because I don't need to try and butt in. He's doing everything well. So, yeah, that's the Andrew Ramston, that 2800 meeting. That's the golden ticket race, is it? For the cup race, yep. Yep, that sounds about right. And then uh, in WA, it's the last week at Ascot before they switch back to Belmont. So the uh, I think Chris Parnham said the, the track is absolutely buggered on Saturday after he got off one yeah. of the winners. I actually thought it played really well, considering it is buggered. But yeah, we're certainly seeing that a lot of the fields are buggered because half the horses are waiting for Belmont. And so they're just setting them up, setting them up. But there's a few that are absolutely primed and ready to go. So I can't wait for that first couple of meetings back to be launching some units. Yes, um, I hope Jack has a... Uh, safe, safe week with uh, obviously some expectation around the birth, but um, I'm glad the baby didn't come, you know, during the Swans and the Demons match because um, quite enjoyed Jack uh, messaging me consistently throughout the match saying this bloke's not a premiership player, this bloke can't win a premiership. How can this team be eight and nil? It's satisfying. I didn't even have to reply. Go D's. Go D's, indeed. And we won't talk about Richmond. No, just that they're off week this week, you know, they'll probably win this week. Well, yeah, exactly. As <laughs> long as they it. end up in the top four, that's the main thing, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. the Hawthorne-West Coast game was arguably the worst game I've seen in about 15 years. And I just won't watch another Hawthorne game, I think, this year. They are dead set. Atrocious to watch. And they're, they're going in favourites against the Kangaroos this week. Hey, you know, my team can't bet anyone, but at least we're kicking the ball forward. That's the main thing. Hawks went inside 50 in perfect conditions. I was getting sunburnt sitting in the lounge watching it. And they went inside 50 35 times. It's the first goalless quarter at the G in 50 years. Like, seriously, give me a fucking spell. Kick the ball forward. You've got to score. <laughs> fucking Hawthorne. Seriously, free kick Hawthorne? Yeah, okay. Anyway. Fire a shot across the bow. Hawthorne. Disgusting. Anyway. That's been the deep dive. We'll catch up next week. Thank you both. Uh, we'll talk about some previews on Thursday, maybe Friday. Not sure. Bye for now. Bye for now.